Hello, welcome to the NCTM podcast and our special Learning in Lockdown series. I'm Gwen Trezida from the NCTM communications team, and today I'll be interviewing Laura Behan, a Year 2 teacher from Bolton in Greater Manchester. If you've not yet caught our other interviews, we now have quite a selection of primary and secondary teachers who've talked to me about how they've been providing home learning for pupils. The huge variety of ways in which this is being done has been fascinating. And we've made the recording short, around 15 minutes, because we know that time for listening to podcasts is likely to be punctuated for teachers by all the other demands on their time at the moment. But we do hope this series will contribute to sharing of good practice, providing ideas and opportunities to reflect for our listeners. This interview is recorded on June the 10th in the beginning of a new phase where some primary schools are opening to welcome back children in reception year one and year six. Laura is a teacher from one such school and we wanted to catch up with her to find out how far it's how it's been so far. So welcome, Laura. Uh, Thank you for having me. That's all right. Do you want to start off by giving us a little bit of a picture of your school, like the size of it and the catchment and the area that it's in, that sort of thing? Okay then, so our school is a uh, one and a half form entry uh, intake um, in Little Lever in Bolton. We've got a new IFS unit that's separate to our main school building. Uh, we have our year one to six. And it's meant that over the past couple of years there's been changes. We've gone from some mixed classes, mixed age groups to some larger classes where there's 40 in a class. Um, so it's been quite a changing picture. Obviously, year on year that changes for us. Um, so, yes, that's a little bit about Macefield Primary. OK, so you've got a bit of a changing um, intake size. Is that right? We have. So from this coming September, we're only having 30 children. Uh, okay. So we're reducing our panel number um, just for, for future years. OK. And so you've got some mixed classes in the school. Is that right? Uh, so at the moment, we don't have any mixed classes. We've just got larger classes. Um, right. We did have mixed classes. Um, so it means that our year four class, our year five class, they've got 14 at the moment. Um, but it wow. does mean that we've got some smaller classes where we've got two year three classes where there's only 20 children. Our year right. one classes have got 20 children in. Um, and there's only really our year two class that's a, an average size of 30. Okay. Um, but next year, we will need to have a mixed one, year, one two class. Um, but hopefully as the years go on, we'll only have straight 13 take classes. So um, I don't suppose you've managed to get into much of a routine yet with being back at school. But <laughs> have you got a, some sort of sense of what a normal week is beginning to look like for you? Oh, so <laughs> <laughs> we've been on rota um, over the past few weeks. I've been in every week doing just two days and sharing that with the, the head teacher. Uh, we've been working closely together on making sure we've got everything right for schools opening more widely. Uh, and now we're back into school four days a week. Um, it's the first week where we've where we've had that, where we've done four days a week. And yeah, I can kind of see a routine coming. Um, and it, it's just very interesting times with ever changing guidance and you've really got to be on your toes. Right. Um, we had an issue over the weekend where the north that it was reported that the northwest rate had gone to 1.01 which obviously caused a, quite a bit of unrest in our local area. Right, because um, the R number, yeah? Yes, the R yeah, number. Yeah, so, yeah. we, you know, it's really got to keep on your toes at the minute with them changing guidance and moving goalposts. But in terms of the children, then, you know, they've settled in. We did open to our uh, nursery reception year one and year six. Yeah. Last week, we only had them in for two days each. So reception and uh, year one came back Monday, Tuesday. And then our nursery in year six came back Wednesday, Thursday right. and then Friday. School was closed to those for a deep clean. 
Um, and that's kind of our routine going forward, apart from all of those children I've just mentioned will be in Monday to Thursday. Um, right. Our key work children have been in all of the time that we've been open for those. Um, we've got different bubbles for them at the moment. Um, so they're the only children we're having on a Friday as well. We're just trying to accommodate parents as best we can, mm. whilst obviously taking the safety of our staff and children into account and, and using the, the areas and the size of the school that we have. So right. <laughs> yeah. So how many key worker children have you had in on average for lockdown period? Um, so we've got around 30 to 40 children's names down uh, each day. It's ranged from, you know, 20 in a class to 30 in a class. Um, since making the bubbles smaller, since the rest of school opened, we've got a key worker group that's only got um, the earliest key worker bubbles and they've got eight children in it at the moment and then the others obviously they're capped at the 15 Um, so we've got capacity for a few more key worker children but now that we've opened some more children in the school obviously there's only going to be so you know so many more children that we can add on to our our so explain to me how the bubbles work so our bubbles were quite fortunate in our setting that we've got quite a lot of doors um, out onto the playground and around the building, which we see as a hindrance normally, right. uh, different exits, but actually it's been really useful. So at no point do our children end up crossing paths with each other. It's a, it's a bizarre kind of way of working to know that you're in a school and you're not seeing anyone else throughout the day, but you know mm-hmm. that they're there. Um, so we've we made like a, a one-way system around the outside of our school. Um, we did, I made a short video for staff as well, just so that, cause it was important that they felt, you know, that we were prepared before they all came, came back into school as well. Um, so they had this video, everyone's got their own entrance, their own exits. Um, so then, yeah, so the bubbles are just kept with the same teacher. That teacher is uh, allocated to that bubble. There's a teacher right. assistant in that group as well. Um, and then we've had to stagger our start times for year six. They come in a bit later than everybody else. So if you're if you're in a bubble, there's two members of staff and then up to how many children? Uh, so we cap at the 15. Right. And then yeah, so no more than 15 children. But to be honest, our bubble, they've not even made the 15 because we right. have children. You know, we, we phoned all of the parents. Uh, and we did a, a bit of a survey before we got in touch with them all, actually, just to fa- kind of put the feelers out to see how many parents would want the children to come back. We had very mixed responses, uh, but the majority of our parents did want the children to come back into school. They said that, you know, they, they trust us and they know that we'll make the right choices by the children and keep them safe. Um, but obviously, as the reflections on the media and as time's gone on, more unrest, more concerns about safety. There's been a few parents who said, actually, we're going to keep them at home because we because we can do and um, right. so don't need to come they don't need to come back in so even though we've you know we're saying we've got up to 15 in the in the bubbles they're probably about 11 and 12. And then if you're in a bubble you don't mix with any other bubbles is that how it you is? You don't mix with any other bubbles so our break times are staggered our lunch times the children um like a, a lunchtime staff supervisor they go into the classes and take the kitchens making packed lunches for them so they take them into the kit into the classrooms the children eat at the tables and then they're taken out onto the playgrounds. Now, our playgrounds, it's kind of a wrap around the school building. So we've zoned that off. Mm. Uh, every class has been able to have a playground box of equipment. So we've just kind of raided the PE store um, put a lot of equipment together. And then that goes with the with the that bubble. And they've got their own first aid kit. We've prepared a, kind of a cleaning pack with sanitizer, sprays, blue roll, uh, aprons, gloves, masks, that sort of thing for any intimate care that's needed. 
Um, everybody's got one of those in the classroom, so they shouldn't need for anything else. Um, something that we set up as well is we actually, cause, because of our school, we've got Microsoft Teams set up. We set up the chat facility mm-hmm. uh, and showed all the staff how to use that to make sure that if there were any issues in any of the bubbles and someone needed a member of SLT, they could still get in, in contact with other people rather than having to wander around school. And Is the social distancing within the bubbles or are you just accepting that that group of 15 kids and their teachers will have to come into contact with each other? So obviously we've you know read the guidance and the guidance says basically not to ex- not to expect the social distancing measures, right. particularly with the most younger children. However, we have put steps in place so each child's got their own table. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually ordered in their own learning packs as well, so they've got a zip an A4 zip wallet. It's got a whiteboard, a pen, pencils, and um, colouring pencils, just anything that needs scissors and glue. So they're actually not having to share with anybody else. Uh, we've been really impressed with the reception children, actually, at how they've managed that, because we had concerns about how the reception children were going to manage because they're used to learning through play and being in provision. Um, yeah. We've just adapted the way that we've been teaching and, and what we've been teaching. So so wh- where are you in school at the moment then? So I'm working with the UIFS Key Worker Bubble. Um, okay. So some children, they're not in the Monday to Thursday. Some children might do Monday to Tuesday. They might not be on the Wednesday. So it's more of the childcare kind of work for us. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're still providing work for the year two classes. Uh, okay. well, class. Um, we've done some over the, while schools have been closed, we've um, done some parent phone calls, just got in touch with them, um, spoke to the children on the phone as well. And then for those parents who've needed more support, we've been able to invite them into the school and to join our key worker bubble if children are struggling being at home, because we know it's on an individual basis. We also have been creating some home learning packs. Um, so it's like a, just a booklet. Um, our head's actually taken over doing that whilst we've all been put back into classes. Yeah. So it uses um, a system called Learning by Questions or LBQ. Um, so that's where the children log on to an online system. School, we by text or we, we tweet it as well. Um, the parents get a code and it's just a three letter code to lock them into a lesson that's been prepared for them. Right. So you can access that on an iPad or a laptop or something at home. But our focus for all of the, uh, the year groups has just been on basic skills. Place value knowledge and the fluency in number knowledge will hopefully be really good and really strong when they come back into school because uh, we follow the White Rose Hub learning overview, the long term plan. So that's heavily focused on place value at the start of the year in September. So hopefully if we can make sure that we've, you know, supported parents in helping the children at home with that, we're in a position uh, in September because that's obviously been thrown into a spin. We don't know where we're going to be. Gaps are going to be even wider in September. But that, you know, that's what we do. We are teachers and we we close gaps all the time, don't we? Uh, We've got a list of websites on our school website as well uh, we've used the dfe list for that and then other links so we've used um twitter as well to connect to the any good resources that we see and share that with parents um we've used the ncetm videos as well the home learning videos i worked on a couple of those as well so that was really good we've done home visits as well to some of our children and families uh, i mean i've got a family uh with us and the you know this little boy is struggling being at home and he wants to come into school but his family's got the shield so then right. it, that's where it's really really difficult yeah. so more regular phone calls from them done a home visit um and then when he's walked to school to collect his home learning pack made sure we're there at the door to say hi how are you getting on um and that sort of thing
so it sounds like you're you've at home you've been providing a sort of mixed diet of of um hard res- hard copy resources and online resources and have you most of your families got decent online connections and yeah we are fortunate um a lot of our pupils will have access to technology at home um there are the odd pockets though where they haven't and actually some children we found on uh, through our parent phone calls they actually prefer working in the workbooks they don't want to do the online resources right. so it was important to make sure we had that balance of the of the two approaches um We've got some families who we've made sure they've got board games, they've printed out worksheets and, and things like that for them to be to have a go at home. But I mean, one thing that they've said, which obviously when we're in school and we're teaching, I mean, I know it's difficult teaching a mixed age class anyway. But when you've got children of different ages in one household trying to school there, they face that really additional challenge. So we've it's been trying to get the balance right of making sure there's enough going home, but that's easy enough for parents to teach the children. Yeah. Um, and the children should already know these things that we're sending home, which just get stronger and stronger. So I think I ought to ask you a bit more about maths, actually, because we've talked a lot <laughs> about how the school feels, haven't we? And, uh, and yeah. the social distancing and the bubbles and all that sort of thing. Um, I'm just wondering about in terms of learning maths, are you able to? Well, I suppose you're with kids that have been with you all the time, but. Are your other staff starting to see the effects from kids who've been out of school for 10 weeks in terms of um, gaps or rustiness or just being out of the habit of learning maths? Unfortunately, we have. Right. Um, we've been able to see that the children perhaps aren't recalling facts as quickly as possible uh, as they normally would have done. Um, the children, even just down to the recording and how they're choosing to record in the, the work, it's messier than perhaps it would have been. Um, because we've had staff on a rotor when, before we opened to the other year groups, we had staff on a rotor and the, obviously teachers have different expectations of what each year group can achieve. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had a mix of ages, so we had a real span. So being able to target children and, and teach them was challenging. Um, it's not to say we didn't try our best though. Children went off into different groups. Uh, with different adults who were working at that time. We've been using LBQ to differentiate some of the tasks so that here's a one, two task, here's a three, four task, here's a five, six task. Um, so we've been trying everything that we can, but I think obviously when we get some sort of normality back, we'll be able to hit the ground running. Um, mm. it's been, it's just been like spinning plates and trying to keep everything up there as best we can. Yeah. But I think just the way they think mathematically as a teacher, you know what to draw out of the children. Um, and it, and it's just not being the same. Uh, we're also mindful though as well that these children in our key worker groups have been in school all of the time. They haven't had, uh, you know, we had children in over the May half term. We had children in over Easter. Right. So they've not had a, a break. So it's trying to make sure that they, you know, they are getting some sort of rest as well. We're not overloading them, um, and making it manageable for our staff to teach. Yeah. And have your staff been teaching in the holidays as well then? Yes. Yeah. Wow. So again, if they're on the rotor, uh, yeah. we've been open it and and they've been they've had been teaching the classes. Yeah. Turning your thoughts to September, mm. have you got ideas about? I mean, it's looking increasingly like September's not going to be very normal either. But oh. in terms of helping those children that have been out of school for such a long time, um, to to settle back in and then to to catch up with their maths, have you? What are your thoughts there? <laughs> Um, I think our priority is going to be making sure they're settled. It's right. going to be making sure that that is going to be our ultimate priority because we need to make sure that they feel more comfortable um, with, you know, we don't know what it's going to look like. We've not been given any guidance yet as to 
how we've been expected to run the school. Um, you know, we'll probably go ahead with still keeping packs of our own and it'll be more desk work. To be honest, I think everything's been stripped back to just the fundamentals of what we really need to teach. I think sometimes it can get lost in making a fancy lesson or an impressive lesson or focusing on collaborative learning. We know the benefits of all of those things, particularly the collaborative learning, but it's just going to be really stripped back and focused on how we can get our children to catch up. Mm-hmm. So there'll be a baseline assessment in there, I think. We've kind of had discussions and made predictions about where the children uh, were when we'd just finished and where they perhaps could have been if we'd have carried on and, and finished when we should have done. Uh, but I think our, going forward in September, it's going to be some sort of baseline assessment um, and then build on that, really. And I'm just thinking about our listeners that might be uh, about to go back to school next week. Some of the schools that have opened are opening perhaps a little bit later than yours. Mm-hmm. Have you got any tips for them? Any advice? Having an open mind um, and going into it with expectations that you've, you've done your best to prepare, but there's going to be tweaks. And if you just think, oh, I've made the system and it's, it's robust, there's probably going to be something that you've not thought of. I mean, we had to think about toilets for nursery at lunchtime yesterday and it was like, all oh, right, which ones are we going to use? But um, yeah, just an, an open mind because it'll drive you mad if you don't. <laughs> <laughs> That's really helpful. Thank you, Laura. Um, I'm, I hope that. I hope that your experience will be interesting and helpful to our listeners. I've certainly enjoyed talking to you. It's been really fascinating. And I'm starting to understand a bit more now what what a primary school's looking like at the moment. Um, And I think that will also be interesting perhaps to our secondary audience who are anticipating perhaps starting to open slowly. Um, It's going to be very different with older kids, I think, but but who knows what it's going to look like. I hope we'll have some secondary teachers on to uh, to tell us when they when they start opening. Um, and also, well, good luck with continuing to support your children in year two and in your in your EYFS bu- bubble. Thank you. <laughs> and to our listeners, please do subscribe to our podcast to hear more teachers' reflections on this very difficult time. And if you know a teacher you think we really should interview, then please do email us on info at ncetm.org.uk. Or you can find us on Twitter, of course. Thanks for listening.